Welcome to the Ministry Podcast. It is such a privilege that you would tune in. All of my content is designed to bring hope to the dreamers and doers that Jesus offers us a better way to life and Jesus offers us a better way to lead. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to, when is the last time we had a cue and tray in Jordan, babe? It's been a really long time. You think so? I really think it has. <sighs> yeah, absolutely. Like, like, you know, probably like nine months ago. Really? Yeah. I remember doing one when we first moved into this house, and that was like just over a year ago. Um, was that the last one? Like, we did a couple right after we moved in, but I don't think we've done anything since. Wow. What happened? You just don't like me on here. No, I'm just I don't know. What I don't it know. Is. I know we just got busy with stuff, I guess. Yeah. Oh, somebody's attacking us. No, yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I feel like there was like a year where I was very consistent, like three three times a week. There was like a very consistent like I had you in the right. schedule and I'm kind of all over the place. But I actually you didn't know it, but I vlogged this morning. Did you know that I vlogged this morning? I did not. And uh, it's coming out on Tuesday and making some big announcements, making moves. Uh, we want to do a and Trey and Jordan. Uh, hopefully you guys are hopping on and uh, we can chat. Internet, you can see now. Just, uh, okay, good. We are good. I have to awkwardly hold on to this. This computer's hot. It was just exporting said vlog that I was talking about. You have, we are on a timer here because... I have to leave at two. Okay, so is this, ooh, is that better? Do you like that better? I don't know. It's so weird to like look down. Oh, come on. Why did I do that? Just forget this. Okay, so, <laughs> so we wanted to talk about marriage. So we'd actually love if you would like to, to pop in some questions on the comments and we will feature it and kind of talk through some things. Uh, we have like 20 minutes, 30 minutes or so, right? Yeah. Yep. Cool. So um, kind of context, we just did our first marriage workshop, which I've always wanted to do. Kind of stood away from it because I feel like we weren't married long enough. It's seven years now. It's almost seven years. Three kids. Yeah. Seven years in a row. It's I mean, enough we're not to where experts, we can, but we've been, you know. We can say a little yeah. bit, right? And so, especially, I've been like trying to read as many books as possible and trying to study the scriptures. And a lot of it is, hey, we're not experts, like you're saying, but here is what we're called to do. And hopefully, we can kind of, you know, expectation versus reality kind of stuff. Um, but we've been talking a lot in our ministry at Passion Creek about how to serve our city in like unique ways. Um, it's really easy, I think, for church planners to think, hey, let's just do like a homeless ministry or food pantry or clean up the city. And like Queen Creek, we are not Scottsdale, but we, we're pretty well off. Right. You know, like there yeah. isn't, it's too hot to be homeless. Yeah. You know, um, so there's definitely needs and I don't want to ignore that. And we still like, we, we, we do partner with organizations, but it's not this like huge, like that's the biggest stuff. So right. what we're talking about more and more is honestly the biggest needs. How can we help our community more is relationships. It is things like our high school uh, two years ago had like three, four suicides in one year. Yeah. Um, lots of relational stuff. So we're thinking, okay, what is a unique way? Of course, we're trying to invite people on Sunday morning, but like what is something we can do beyond that? Right. You yeah. know? And so, um, so what we decided to do, what was kind of been really successful for us, if you're a pastor, uh, we decided to meet in neutral ground. So we rented out, even though we meet in neutral ground every week and Harkins, but yeah. we decided to rent out the Queen Creek Library. There's a big conference room, really nice. And so we uh, were meeting there just for an hour and we made a, it was, it was first try, our Facebook ad, yeah. YouTube ad. Right. Just 37 seconds. Hey, marriage is hard. And we want to help. And like no, really I said hard. That. Oh you yeah, said right. that, whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And yeah. so it really worked out and the response was really overwhelming. It was really neat. And so we had it the first night, uh, Sunday night, and it was a good turnout. There were still there were obviously, I guess I should have expected this, people who signed, signed up, up and couldn't show come. up. Yeah. Uh, but then there were also people who showed up that didn't sign up. So that always bounces things out. And I think it went really well. So I want us to kind of go over some of the concepts uh, that we talked about at the marriage workshop and anything else. Yeah. That we're kind of processing. Um, yeah, would love to get you all's feedback. Again, there is nothing on the comments. So 
babe, you need to start talking more or something so that okay. we can we can get some stuff going. Um, oh, I just broke everything. Okay. So what were your thoughts, first of all, because I'm talking a lot, what were your thoughts about the marriage workshop we had? Um, I think that it went really well. I think that, um, like, I feel like I was able to talk to a lot of, like, people afterwards and, like, their feedback uh, was that it was very helpful and, like, definitely things that um, were relevant, like, things that they are, like, had been struggling or didn't understand, you know, like, it played into a lot of, like, what they are currently going through. Yeah. So I think it's been really, like, just real practical and, like, really helpful to just, like, everyday, like, marriage. You know, like, they weren't yeah. these, like, huge, like, insane concepts that you're, like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just very, like, this is how you respond to things because this is how your parents responded. You know, like, it was just piecing together and really understanding kind of, like, how we get our, like, emotional maturity level. Like, why is it the way it is when we leave the house? Like, all of that. Yeah, so the funny thing is when we, I was, like, we need to do a marriage workshop. I was adamant on that. We went, we rented out the library. Um, we're having a parenting workshop next month. And then I was like, oh, what should the material be? <laughs> Which probably shouldn't be. It should be the other way around. Here's the material. Okay, let's launch a workshop. But it was definitely not that. And so I kind of panicked a little bit and was reading a ton of stuff. But thankfully, it's a lot of the books that aren't, they're not labeled like, marriage right it's kind of just like emotional health there's stuff mm -hmm. i was reading my own quiet time i was like oh i can actually piece this together because I, what i really think is a lot of times we have uh these tips and tricks on like how to treat your spouse well and we're talking a lot about that this sunday night right yeah but at the same time uh, what we talked about is if you don't address the foundation techniques turn into manipulation and so um it's not what are you looking at? Sorry, Rebecca Lyons just messaged me on Instagram. Oh, you're so pumped right now. And that's really cool. Anyways, keep going. Wow, that's a big deal. Yeah. We're huge fans of Rhythms of Renewal book. Um, so anyways, if you learn all the tricks, like as me as a man, learning what she likes, it, it can actually turn into me manipulating. So I'm not actually giving to give, I'm giving to get. Right. You know, so like if I know, oh, you like when I do the dishes, I'm doing the dishes when I want something. Right. Which sometimes that's okay. You want the dishes done. I want that's like, true. you know, but at the same time, that's not a very good foundation to start. We still have no comments, babe. <laughs> you want to go on Instagram and let people, you want to tell Rebecca Lyons, hey, thanks for talking to me. You know, nice <laughs> stuff. But, um, here. Sorry, y'all. Hey guys, we're literally live on YouTube right now. Would love for you to hop on and chat with us. We're talking about marriage. Ask any questions you would like. Comment to it for us to at least know if somebody is here with us. Thank you. I'm not even gonna tag you or anything. It's just boom, that way. Okay. Did you reply to Rebecca? No, I just looked at it. I'm good. Is she good? Are you Yeah, we're good. Some sort of platinum <laughs> hangout. So we found it really helpful to talk about emotional health. Yeah. And so that's kind of the, the standard we went. And it went well. So do you want to talk through some of it? Yeah. Um, kind of some, some highlights. I suggest you guys go to the podcast. I'm, again, I'm not saying like this is like, man, nobody's ever been able to teach about marriage. Like here I am and boom. But it was a helpful, I think it was a, I've never actually seen a marriage talk start this way, which is what made me so nervous. But I think it's really, really helpful. Yeah. Right, because a lot of us, we spend a lot of the marriage stuff talking about real issues, which is good, but we need to spend more time talking about the root issues or else if you change, if you get rid of the, the real issues are on top, sure, but the root, it'll just keep coming up in different forms. Right. Yeah, so um, what do you wanna, what, what kind of things stood out? Um, I, I think it was something that I never really thought about or kind of processed, but about how, like, how your childhood plays into um, just you you in general but also like into what you bring into marriage um like you had said like and I had heard that like you come into marriage with your own baggage which is like I get that um but I don't but I didn't like realize that like I don't know I didn't put it together that the baggage was like partly from my childhood you know like just right. different things that I um, whether I like consciously took on or subconsciously took on like of the way my parents handled things between them two, like within their marriage or right. whatever that is, like that played a huge role. And I, for a lot of, like a long time, I didn't even realize it. 
So that was really helpful for me to like think through and like recognize certain patterns or recognize like my response to conflict within us be like, oh, wow. Okay. I have seen this. Like it was subconsciously it was playing a role and I just never realized it. And we've talked, we talked about it a little bit as far as like what everybody does. Like, oh, that was your mom there. That was your dad and, and all that. But it is helpful to see. Um, like one example is a lot of people, let's say your mother, and we were very careful uh, not to get too detailed with our parents. And I think that's good wisdom for yeah. speakers and preachers and stuff not to get, you know, especially if you don't have that person's permission. So, and we're both from great families. Mm-hmm. So but yeah. we just, I try to keep all that in mind. Um, but uh, what was I going to say about that though? Yeah. So we kind of try to go broad, but one example is maybe your parents overfunction, And so, uh, you know, like they did everything for you. They just made sure that you just had like an easy coasting life. Well, so let's say if my mother, for example, I don't believe she overfunctioned in most areas. So I'm just giving a plain example. Let's say I did that though. So I'm actually looking for a wife probably that will overfunction for me. Right. So I'm used to being under function. My wife will take care of everything because my mom will take care of everything. And that breeds a lot of pain because maybe in your background, it was the opposite or the same. And so when you came into the relationship, no, you need to overfunction for me. Right. And it's all back and forth. And there's so many issues, even just right there, mm-hmm. that we're bringing because of how we saw both of our parents interact with each other. So Alexa commented, the first workshop was awesome. I couldn't believe how fast the hour went by. Looking forward to the next one. We are too, praying that it goes well. Um, the genogram. Okay, let's add this one to the broadcast. Yes, Alexa. So we were able to do it at the uh, spiritual formation retreat. This last one, you were at the one before. Um, the genogram is super helpful. Yeah, I was eye-opening for you. Very. Yeah, definitely. Like figuring out like how your childhood plays in. That's a huge part. Of, like even just what I was just saying, doing that at the spiritual formation retreat played into that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like a, yeah, we still talk about that from the genogram that Caleb, actually Pastor Caleb was the one who led that. Right. If you're interested, Pete Scazzaro has a lot about the genogram. Just look up Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete Scazzaro and uh, he kind of helps you process those things. So I look at it um, and there's a lot, again, I don't want to reveal the baggage of my family or your family. We all have it though. Right. Like it's there. Like no family is perfect. Like we think I have baggage, you have baggage. So a lot of people incorrectly think, oh, so me getting married, you'll take care of my baggage and I'll take care of yours. No, it just doubles, triples, quadruples, especially when you go down the line. But the good news is that you can actually start something like a great uh, new genogram where it's like positive traits being passed by. And there's our dogs just breaking everything. (laughs) So it's super helpful. Um, This is a good question. You want to go with that? That is a good question. Read it. What if your significant other wants to go out with the girls all the time, yet doesn't put the same effort into a relationship? That one happens a lot. Yeah, for sure. I see it, like, both ways. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think that that is an important thing, like, being able to have, like, friendships outside of your marriage, of like, you know, like, having girlfriends or him having guy friends and being able to spend time with them, that's very important, but it definitely shouldn't come above your relationship or your marriage. Right. Um, like your, your relationship between your spouse is the most important relationship, um, here on earth. And so, yeah, that would, I mean, that would be hard for sure. I don't even know how. A a couple of thoughts. It's super unhealthy when you don't have any girlfriends, like you just said, and it's super unhealthy uh, when you're never actually, like if you're not best friends. Right. So, um, I'm actually preaching this Sunday. So this is, that's also weird. So the Sunday mornings, I'm kind of approaching it from the theological side where we're analyzing Ephesians five. So last week it was in the latest vlog. What is women? Uh, what is their role? What is women? What, what is the role (laughs) of a woman in marriage? And we talked a lot about submission and all that. Um, but this Sunday we're talking about men. And so your title, you are Josh, and uh, you're talking about hanging out with girls, so you're a dude. So <laughs> this is to me and you. Um, what's fascinating about Ephesians 5, when it talks about loving sacrificially, it really is referencing the fact that this agape love means you love without ever expecting a response, which is hard. Um, and so immediately I think, okay, so what this means is you need to give to her and then in reality, 
maybe you're not giving and loving her enough, so that's why she's going to the girls. That's what I'm trying to say, first of all. Maybe you're not, I'm just saying. That's one possibility. Um, but the, the reality is, and this is hard, this is like only the gospel can help us with this, is we're supposed to just keep loving. Even when she's running away, you're supposed to keep loving. Read the book of Hosea, which is a dramatic example, but you know, Hosea and Gomer, she kept running away as a prostitute, but Hosea kept loving her. How do we have that love? How can I love my wife even if she's not loving me back? That's my time with the Lord. So I'm not supposed to get my tank filled by her love. I'm supposed to get my tank filled by God's love. And I know that sounds like such a churchy answer, but it is absolutely true, right? And then yeah. you as well. But what gives me a lot of hope, let me know if I need it. Okay. What gives me a lot of hope is I've been reading a lot about this family systems theory uh, by Bowen. Another guy, Edwin Friedman, I mention a lot on this channel. Um, so Edwin Friedman, his mentor was Bowen. I don't remember his first name, so I just keep calling him Bowen. But Bowen has a theory that an anxious family, that things aren't going well, it's not super healthy. All it takes is one, particularly the man, he can really take the lead. And he, if he decides, okay, I don't care about her response, I'm going to do everything right on my end. I'm going to take care of myself with the Lord, and I'm going to love, love, love without manipulation, without trying to receive. You will see nine times out of ten the girl will start respecting and hanging out with you more and all that, right? Yeah. There, yeah, there might be some, you know, something on her end that, like, um, like that she feels is lacking or, you know, whatever that is. Or it could just be that she just isn't, she just doesn't realize it. Like, she doesn't, like, she doesn't realize that it's affecting you or she doesn't realize that it's even that big of a deal. So even just, like, a simple conversation, too, like, breaking it down and be like, hey, like, I'd love to take you out on a date. Like, not of like, not attacking and like, hey, you need to stop hanging out with your friends, but more of like, hey, like, can I do something special with you? You know what I mean? Like, so put in effort, not saying that you're not, but put like go yeah. an extra mile and saying like planning a date night for her or like surprising her with something. You know what I mean? So like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Just at the end of the day, go with the vantage point of how can I, is this a, ask this question. Is this yeah. a problem to solve or a person to serve? And so see this as, wait, she actually might have a problem here and she's really trying to get her tank filled and she thinks the only people are these girlfriends. Right. How can I help and love and serve her? This is hard. Marriage is humiliating. Marriage is sanctifying. That's not the easy answer, but it is the right answer. But it's also not simplified. There's a million things we don't know about that relationship. It's so hard. Right. And yeah. a lot of this, like it's coming from the assumption um, you know, a lot of this advice works if both people are healthy, but it never seems to be that way. So you have to be healthy and then just love, love, love. And I really do believe, especially as a man, we have this great opportunity to lead. The women will eventually follow. Yeah. Would you agree to that? Yeah. And that actually goes in with what David Parks is saying. Solutions have to start with open and honest communication. A marriage has to be able to handle that honesty without attacking each other. That's what we're talking about this Sunday night. Communication. Yeah. So last week was childhood and conflict. This week is communication and care. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm excited. I'm excited. So I totally agree with you, David. Um, so the other part of it is Enneagram does kind of play a part of this whole scenario, especially with communication. So we actually kind of went that route towards the end of the workshop. We didn't have too much time to talk about it, but there's three different type of communication styles when it comes to dealing with conflict. So you have the reactive style, the reactive solution. So if, again, if you're Enneagram, again, it's nine different personality traits or really exposes your weaknesses and your core longings and motivations. But the reactive solution are the numbers four, six, and eight. So essentially with them, they, uh, they become very intense when things are stressful. Um, it's like chaos, which is funny because La this last week, my dad has a super nice 68 Chevy, and I made a joke. We were both all at my grandma's house, and I said, hey, dad, I'll drive behind you in case it breaks down. He said, there's no way. I just took it to the shop. I'll trust this car with anybody. He broke down on the way. It was hilarious, so we pulled over the side, had to tow him home. Well, the wor I had the worst person in the shotgun right next to me. Oh, my word. <laughs> it was my sister, who was a six, and she was freaking out. Oh, no, Trey, you need to press the brakes. That's not, no, no, no. He hits the brakes for me when I tow and I'm pulling, you know. She was freaking out, just very reactive, very emotionally intense. And I actually found myself praising God that my wife is a one because <laughs> this isn't like, it just gets more and more intense. But again, that's not bad. That's just how 
that those numbers are. And so they want to discuss. And the biggest part that's hard for me is the reactive solution. They just want to vent. In their communication style, they just want to talk about all the bad things. And then they feel like something right happened, right? right. They want to get everything out there, which stresses me out. Yeah. Because I just want to be a problem solver, and it just sounds like they're multiplying. So it's good to know that about your spouse if that's the style they are. The other one's a positive spin. Yeah. Well, I mean... Yeah, the positive spin solution people are um, typically twos, sevens, and nines, um, which is year seven. And so they just find the positive in every situation. Uh, sometimes it's very helpful. Sometimes it's not helpful. Yeah. Um, sometimes sometimes you do need to be able to sit in pain and work through that with someone. Um, someone that's hurting or whatever doesn't need you to say, oh, but this is the best thing that came out of that. Like, you know, so... There's like you're minimizing the pain, right? And like, then they feel like they feel like you're minimized. downplaying what what they're going through, and that's not always a good thing. Um, but it is, you know, it is helpful uh, because they do see, like, it is good to see the good, you know. Yeah. But there's just definitely boundaries in situations where that's better, and then that's not. And I've done that in pastoral ministry, and I have regretted it. I think some people have left because of the way I just kind of immediately reacted to it, and it was just but it's okay, like at least this happened, or, you know, and it kind of really, it hurt their feelings. Um, and then the other one is a competency solution. That's one, three, and five, this is Jordan. So in other words, if we have the ability to fix it, let's do it now. However long it takes, we can do this. So let's let's deal with it. It's very objective, more logical than a seven. Seven is right. not logical in dealing with, with conflict. Um, and so I want to run away. She just wants to deal with it. She's not like a fighter, though. You're not like... No, I don't want to fight. I just want to solve the issue, like, right. logically, practically, and then move forward. Like, be yeah. done with it. You actually, you're like, this isn't a big deal. Let's just deal with it and move on. Right. If we don't deal with it, it will be a big deal. And right. that stresses me out. And so I'm I like, just want to deal with it. It'll never be a big deal. I'm yeah. happy you're happy, you know? And so that's good. Um, so those are the three <laughs> different types of communication styles when it comes to conflict. Reactive positive spin and competency. So it's really helpful to identify what your spouse is and also what what tendency you have. And then that really helps in understanding each other. This is a good question by Dustin. Uh, advice to a husband, this is, man, to help a wife out a month after second child. I feel like I help a lot, but she expects more. We have three children, so. With each one, it was like he, I expected more and more and more of him. Like with the first one, it was like, okay, like I've got this. Yeah. Uh, but with each kid, it was like, and there a lot of that, like, so speaking as the wife. I feel like I can't talk here. Like it's like, oh, you, you, totally you know, can. a woman's perspective. You can, we've but been through ahead. it. Um, but I'm just saying like, as, as the wife, I think a lot of the time, my expectations of him, of things I wanted him to do, I never verbalized. Yeah. I just expected him to know. And that's really hard too. Um, and, but in the moment, it's like, I'm just so overwhelmed. And I'm like, how can he not see it? Mm. How can he not see what I need him to do? Um, so that's that's obviously like a huge part of it too. And that's really hard. Um, but speak, so for the husband, like just even like, it's hard. Like a lot of the time, the husband's not going to do anything in the middle of the night when the wife is feeding the baby. Um, and that's where you've been very gracious and some I didn't expect so, him to be awake because oh, she was not fed through bottle or formula. So there was nothing Trey could do. Um, so I, my mindset was let him sleep because then if I need to take a nap later today, mm -hmm. I'm going to hand him off to him. Um, but so doing more like practical stuff, like maybe picking up the house or doing the dishes right. or... Um, doing some of these things that would naturally fall on her as her responsibility. Uh, but for her to just like walk out and see that that's done, like that's definitely going to relieve like some stress and even taking the older child, like yeah. take, like take that child out for like a date or whatever and go do something fun with them so that she only has that baby to deal with and try and figure right. out. Cause when she's trying to figure out, like depending on the ages and all of that, like I had a toddler, and then a newborn, and it was like the toddler was always getting into everything. And so for him to be able to, like, take Faith out just for an hour or two so that I could, like, either if the baby was sleeping, then I could sleep because I couldn't sleep, but the toddler was awake. You know, there's a lot of things to that. Um, so I think relieving her of um, at least one of the children for a little bit of time is helpful. And helping out more than normal with dinner, like... 
Right. I'll just keep grabbing. Like, we ate, like, trash. That's true. Every time we had a new baby, because it's like, I'm not a very good cook, but I know how to buy food. So I'd yeah. go and bring and order, and that would make you so happy. Good. Right, and you would never make tonight. me feel bad for that either. Of like, well, because oh. I love eating out. But yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Our budget didn't like it, but it's fantastic. I think, uh, Dave, David, you also bring up a really good point. Postpartum is rough. Uh, so my wife was a different person for months and that's just hard time as they as their identity is often lost in a hormonal storm and that is so true and so there's an understanding like this is for a season yeah this like ah this this angst this right and just just giving her grace like understanding that she may like react in ways that are not like logical you're like you know like she'll get upset with you over something that's really not worth getting upset over but it's like I can't we can't even explain to you the things that happen within the human body the female body after they have a baby the hormones are nuts like I tell like I've told him and I'm like I know I'm acting crazy I'm sorry right but I can't fix it like you know like they're just all over the place so definitely like handling situations and there's been times where I'm like no, this is just dumb. Yeah. I, I, you know, I was... And it's not helpful. It's not helpful at all. <laughs> because I haven't dealt with hormonal stuff like that. So right. I'm like, I mean, what he, do you, you mean? You can't get it. Like, the, right. you can't fathom oh, good. that. Oh. <laughs> I'm hypochondriac, so I think I get everything. Um, but so just handling situations with grace, for sure, is definitely helpful. Yeah. No, that's really good. That's a great question, too. Praying for you, Dustin. That's so fun, having a second child. It is fun. Third one was what broke me. Where I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, zone. I, there's never a time off. You know, it's actually seconds like that too, though. It's like yeah. one, which is hard enough, but it's like, oh, you got her? Ah, okay, yeah. you know, I'm going to go chill. I, I also want to say, like, even just on like a super practical level, she may feel like so loved and like cared for if you just like out of nowhere said, hey, how can I serve you today? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you need most? And then that way you give her the opportunity. So you're not guessing and trying to do things, which is can be helpful. Um, but even just like saying like, hey, I, I would love to serve you. How can I do that? Here's a sneak preview for this Sunday. I decided to do like an acronym. I'm like a rhyming guy and alliteration guy. But I was like, hey, I'm going to come up with an acronym. So um, you need, uh, when you need breath. I already messed this up. When life needs to be breathed into your marriage, you need CPR, right? So here's this emergency CPR. We're going to dive in more on Sunday, but it's uh, clarify, clarify with questions. Uh, And then the P is pause and pray. And then the R is respond, but don't react. So clarify with questions is you can just say, okay, what do you mean when you said this, right? I jokingly tell Jordan all the time, great, can you say that to me like I'm five? Like, (laughs) I didn't understand what you meant. Can you say it a different way? Or you clarify with, is this what you mean, blah, blah, blah? Like, is it what you mean by whatever? So clarifying, not just assuming, that's committing a suicide. And so where it's like you are killing the marriage because you're just assuming all these things. So clarifying with a lot of questions, pause and pray. So uh, my pers- as men, um, when we are in conflict, our heartbeat goes to 99 beats per minute, which is warrior mode. This is actually uh, what your heart gets at when you're ready to fight a battle. And so we're in conflict. This is us as men. And so we're tempted to just you know explode in outrage, which helps us when we're fighting in battle. Not very helpful when you're in marriage, yeah. right? And so some of us stomp off because they actually that seems like the smartest thing and most loving thing to do at that moment. And so that's why it's helpful to even know that beforehand and say, okay, I'm gonna pause. You know what? I'm gonna go take a, take a quick walk around the street real quick, not for 18 hours, but real right. quick. And then pause and pray, okay, God, give me the words to speak, help me understand her. I know, again, some people like, oh, that's too spiritual. Well. What's your alternative? Okay, so pausing and praying is a huge help. It helps humanize your wife. It helps get help for you, all that stuff. And then respond, don't react. Again, what is the difference there? Reaction is basing um, off of what she said. Now you just want to one-up her. If you said this, I'm going to one-up you. And you, you leave your guided principles. You say things you never would say otherwise. You, you act outside of your morals and principles. So when you respond, it's okay. I'm not going to defend myself. We're not going to start this battle going back and forth. That's reacting to each other. No, I have this one thought. I'm going to present it. And then um, Jim Harrington, a book, Family Systems, he said, it's really helpful. You can always repeat yourself, but do not defend yourself. 
just say it if they don't understand it just keep saying no but this is what here's my position and that's helpful we'll dive into that more uh sunday night but yeah i think that's helpful uh and the, oh we did have more oh she even knew she's a bit crazy okay and you can change it grace is your friend and be patient yeah she will be back uh into your wife eventually absolutely um that's always a good thing to remember. I think in all of life, in pastoral ministry and everything, oh, this is just a season. Which sometimes it's a bummer because it's just so fun. And other times it's like, praise the Lord, you know, summer's right. coming. So, uh, yeah, grace, grace, grace. Um, feel free to hop in and give any more questions. Uh, so we actually talked about, just to summarize the workshop one more time, we talked about how there's always an emotional triangles. There's triangles in every relationship. Every relationship I've had, it's kind of funny. Like, I've always had two best friends, right? It was like Johnny and Jordan, mm -hmm. not you, not the other me. Jordan. Sorry. And then it was Tim and Zach, mm -hmm. you know? And now it's like Caleb and KJ, Yeah. you know? So it's like, I don't know, because you bounce things off. And we always talk about, it's terrible. I, I'm kind of the instigator. When, and on my friendships, like the, the guy friendships, I'm always the one who gets the other to bad talk the other and then I hop on it it's really bad like we just kind of like we team up but they usually never team up against me which makes me realize I was the one, you were who, the one like, who, who made the teaming up a thing it's terrible That's so I gotta terrible. fix it but anyways everything is emotional triangle and so uh, what we have with the triangle is the top is um, it's the best marriage advice ever you have God and then me and then the spouse right and so the closer we both get to God uh, the closer we'll get to each other again you may say that's cheesy but it's super practical and super helpful. And so, but anyways, um, so what we have to figure out is, okay, so what is your stability? Well, that's what we talked about, number one, for yourself, are you stable? Do you get quickly anxious? How, how do you respond to conflict? We talked a lot about that. And then we also talked about how do you reach out to God or what is your God? So a lot of us have a different savior, right? It's substances, it's habits, it's other relationships. And there's a bunch of no-nos. Like when, when we aren't doing well, I'm tempted to go to a third party, right? And hopefully that's the Lord and mentors and pastors and all that. But you can also go to immature friends. Um, the worst situations, people go to uh, ex-girlfriends. Uh, you know, uh, they're just girl, uh, opposite sex friends at the workplace, uh, parents, all sorts of bad options. Mm -hmm. Why is parents a terrible option for like a third party? Yeah, um, your parent, for, I, I won't not say every time because there are situations where they like the spouse better. But the majority of the time, your parents are going to like you better than they like your spouse just in general because you're their child. Um, and so when you go to them with an issue or something that you're struggling with or a reason you're mad at your spouse... Uh, their first instinct is going to defend you. Like, they want to take your side. They want to. And if they're taking sides, that means they have to raise someone up and put someone down. Like, right. to take sides, that's what you have to do. And so naturally, they will look less, The your husband will be less, or wife will be less um, valuable in their eyes. You know what I mean? Like, they'll think differently about them. Which is um, why, like, as a pastor, mentor, leader, I make sure, I always tell them, I'm not taking sides here. Right. I'm rooting for you, and I'm rooting for them. Let's what's the best for both of you, and if it's in the marriage, we're gonna do what's best for you know this couple. But yeah, anyways. yeah. So, so they not to take sides, but parents take sides. Yeah, they will. Just whether they want to or not, they will. And so that and it makes, makes it makes family gatherings awkward, awkward and Christmas awkward. And it's like Birthdays, yeah, you awkward. could have, you could be in disagreement, but you still love your husband and you still want your family to love him or you know your wife. And so the last thing you want is your family to be thinking negatively of them. And like. As your spouse, you you can learn to forgive your spouse, you know. But your parents have a harder time forgiving your right. spouse. Right. Yeah. You know, because you get to see all the positives. All they hear, especially if a certain way you communicate to them, of all they hear is negative stuff. They will have such a jaded view, and they're gonna hard. It's gonna be really hard. Like a dad's gonna have a hard time looking at a man saying, "You are treating my daughter wrong." You know. Right. So, but at the same time, we wanted to make sure we gave that caveat. If you're getting abused or something like that, it's not like don't yeah. tell them. Of course, tell somebody. Get talk to your parents. Get some real help. But these are talking about petty issues that right. you can just work out and have a friend help you with and whatever. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, with it, we ask, what is your stability? And then we ask, what are your uh, saviors? So who is your third party? Hopefully it's the Lord, but a lot of times it's other things. And again, hopefully it's somebody within the community of God. Uh, there's a lot of good other, you know, not just God, although God should be your first and your last beginning and end, but there should be other people that God uses in your life. And then what's your solutions? What, what are some styles? What are some um, conflict resolutions you have uh, between the two? So there's certain things uh, that we've learned, oh, okay, here, here's how I need to uh, properly address this conflict. And it really does have a lot to do with your personality type. What was that one stat I shared I thought was really helpful? Um, is it on here? Is it the next one? About, yes, uh, Dr. Gottman, he's a marriage researcher, said 69% of all conflicts have no right answer. That's crazy. 69%. I know. Yeah, it's just a difference of personalities and thought processes. And like, it's not that one of you is right and one of you is wrong. It's just the way that you think through things is different. Yeah. And I think, I guess I'll end with this. Thank you, Laura, for the, I love Q and Trey videos. They are so fun to watch and listen to. I appreciate that. She's the one I saw uh, right after uh, the Black Friday thing at the Target parking lot. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, um, so there, another thing, Pete Scazzaro, again, he's a really helpful guy as a podcast. I mentioned on my top five podcasts to listen to in 2020. Um, but the question is, what is your emotional maturity level? That has been something I've been obsessed with. This last year, I was really obsessed a lot with spiritual disciplines, still am. This year, I would say, okay, like the banner, the theme is uh, emotional maturity. I think this is controversial. I retweeted something the other day and added a little tweet to it, but I, I really think mental health is absolutely an issue we have in America, in our society, but I also think a lot of it actually isn't mental health, it's emotional health. And a lot of it is you can actually build up your emotional health. You can actually learn to withstand certain things. So as leaders especially, if you don't have emotional health, you can't take your people very far. As a husband, you can't really lead your wife very far if you are emotionally unstable. Um, before that, Chris, I appreciate that. He just found me on YouTube today. He commented on a video earlier. Nice. Um, and then I appreciate your feedback. That was super helpful. Just a reassurance that I'm not alone. This, this is very normal, Dustin. Very, very, I would actually, it was very normal. More, very normal. Okay, so um, four levels, but it's good to hear that, right? Okay, four levels of emotional maturity. We talked about an emotional infant. So you have to ask yourself, what is your emotional maturity level? Another thing with that family systems thing that was helpful for me to understand is you usually marry the person that has, they have the same emotional maturity, yeah. which could be great news <laughs> or horrible news. And usually right when you move out of the house, you have the same emotional maturity level of your parents, especially if you really interacted with them a lot. So it could be a great thing or it could be a terrible thing. Yeah. Right. And so, Listen to the podcast uh, because we talk about how your saviors and your solutions are actually what help increase your stability level, okay? So, um, but emotional infant, what is an emotional infant? Yeah, it's... Um, Can you read that far? <laughs> yeah. It's when they, like, they don't know what to do when hardship comes. Um, so they want to just, like, quit the first time a trial or a hardship comes their way. They just can't like emotionally handle like conflict of any kind. Like our kids. I mean, they just right. break down. Life it's is like, over. It's the end of the world, even though it's the smallest little thing. It's like, no, like, we had to turn off the TV because we had dinner. We just also have all this. Yeah, emotional infant. Others have to take care of you completely. Emotionally and spiritually, the moment something wrong happens, help, 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 you sound out the alarm. Uh, emotional child. You are happy as long as things are happy, right? As long as your situations are good. But guess what? Pain comes always. Mm -hmm. As a seven, I hate to recognize that, but it's true. And pain, for if you're an emotional child, pain makes you unravel. Like everything is great as long as there's nothing happening. And especially these pains of criticisms and disagreements just blow your world up. That happens a lot in marriage. Yeah, you take things like super personal when maybe, I mean, maybe it wasn't intended to be personal and we're even talking about on sunday a lot of times we like when you confront me i interpret as a criticism but what are you right. actually trying to do connect like just trying to like you know connect with him on a different level yeah so then emotional teenager um yeah so they don't like when people question them which you know if you're a parent of a teenager we're not yet uh, but that's pretty typical, you know, like they think that they know everything and that they, they do their own thing and don't have to listen to anyone. Um, and they keep record of like 
the love that they give out, like expecting it in return and all sorts of that types of stuff. Which again, hopefully some of us are at the emotional teenager level. I mean, it's still technically high. Like some of us right. are at emotionally infant, but what we want to become is emotional adults. And even within the adult range, there is this huge variable. What is that? You know, you can be very emotional, like very mature adult or just an adult. But an emotional adult loves and respects others without having to change them. So that's why we started out the course because there's a lot of people there that don't go to church maybe at all. They haven't gone to our church certainly. And so we said, hey, we're here to care for you. We are not here to coerce you. So we're not going to check if you're putting any of these into practice. A mature person realizes, hey, this has helped change me. I believe with all my heart that this is the right way. But I'm not going to, like, get so angry that you're not going to listen, right? Just mm -hmm. you do you, boo. And I think that really helps a lot. Um, and then uh, you take responsibility for your own thoughts, your own feelings, goals, and actions. That one's huge. Um, that totally sounded like me in my first year of marriage, but I had a lot of outbursts. Yeah. Um, we, we were married at 21. So where, what emotional level do you think we were at when we got married at 21? Oh, man. I want to say probably child. You think so? Yeah. Wow. I don't. Now I'm scared to ask where you think we are now. Oh, infant. <laughs> I, <was kidding. laughs> I knew it. That's so funny. Um, no, I don't know. You know, because like it was our disagreements. Like we very much took things personal. Yeah. You know, that that right there just kind of. Yeah, and what's I really do think. That you, you know, if you're emotionally immature in your marriage, you are in every other area in life too. It's right. not, what marriage does is expose you, really shows your true self, you know, because you can appear mature with other people because you never have to get deep enough. You don't have to be fully yeah. known or fully loved. So you can, you can have your presented self and then you're not really, but you have a protected self and that protected self is exposed when you get married. And so you can no longer have these alter egos and it really starts to expose who you are in your maturity level. You need to go. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> I didn't realize what time it was. Got to go pick up our daughter. Are you going to continue that? You want me to pick him up or you want, I mean, pick her up or you want to Whichever, okay. Just trying to act like I'm like a loving, oh, caring husband. okay. Just, you pick him You're up. You're just acting? Okay. <laughs> um, she loves when I pick her up, but I think she loves when you pick her up too, right? I think that she's yeah, really Yeah, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll land this plane. Okay. Now it turns into Q and Trey. Well, it, um, thanks for having me, and um, I'll send you my bill, and... Also what? I'll send you my bill. Oh, I was like, you're my bill. I'm like, what? No. That I'll got awkward, because that's my bill. dad's name. No. <laughs> just I cost money because I'm that good. Yeah. <laughs> All righty then. Yeah, thanks, darling. Um... I'm super pumped that she is uh, a part of this workshop. I actually decided last second for her to be, um, we actually at the, I'm going to sit like between these two, at the uh, the workshop, I was like, babe, I need you up here. And so uh, I think it made that workshop a whole lot better because I tend to say, I'm a guy, so I tend to say stupid stuff. I feel like my emotional maturity level has taken a leap in the recent past, largely in part to personal experiences. Would that be considered normal in those instances to mature quickly? Yeah, Jim, um, I do think, uh, I would say so. So uh, you really only grow because of problems, right, usually. And so, um, and yeah, like you just mentioned, to personal experiences, uh, you've had a few storms come in your life, right? And so what's great about it, again, like we talked about on Sunday, um, you have the saviors you have sought out, which I can kind of speak into Jim's life. I'm not trying to get too personal here, but he goes to my church. Um, I, from what I've seen, you've run after the right saviors and you've been dealing with the solutions the right way. Of course, we're not all perfect, but I've been super thankful with, with the kind of the trajectory you've chosen. So I do think there's seasons where when a storm comes your way and you really do lean into the savior and you really are working on these solutions, which means you're practicing them. You're not great at it, but you know what the right thing to do is, and so you do it anyways. Uh, that kind of really grows you quickly. So I do think that there are seasons where your emotional health just kind of takes a big bump. And I actually think uh, me and Jason Mayfield, he's a YouTuber, we're talking about this the other day, when it comes to YouTube growth and church growth, a lot of people expect you uh, to kind of like this, oh, would it be, yeah, it'd be like this for you guys, right? No. How do you want it on chart? Yeah, where you kind of, and growth is just always like this, right? But it's not true. I mean, that can get really discouraging in the church planning world. It's usually like this and YouTube world. Nothing, nothing, nothing. A little bit of a spike. 
okay, now we're still there. Spike, now we're still there. And I think that's how it is in all of life in many different areas in your marriage. And, and so a lot of times it's because how do you deal with a storm or how do you deal with success? And if you allow success to uh, kind of get to your head, then you also, you know, you don't actually use that as a great moment to become even more emotionally mature. So I do think storms, uh, seasons of suffering are great ways to make us mature, but at the same time, seasons of just overwhelming success and accolades. I'm reading uh, right now, First and Second Samuel, King Saul, every time he had an accolade, it went to his heart, right? And so, um, so yeah, I would agree to that. I think definitely there are seasons. Check out your profile picture, man. Jim Hunt AC. Did I just say C? A Z. Uh, that stands for Arizona folks. Uh, Chris, you said you're from Orlando. I really want to go to Orlando. The Southern Baptist Convention, that's the denomination I'm a part of. They're going to Orlando, like the big conventions there in June. And so I want to go there and then say hi to Mickey. I don't know. I love it. I want to go to Orlando really, really bad. Um, Thanks for the solid response. Absolutely, I think that's a great point. I think uh, in marriages and personal and all sorts of relationships, there are seasons where you just kind of hit a spike and then you go and then hit a spike. Uh, if there's any more questions, maybe since you know my wife left, it's like, what's the point of this? But it's always fun to be on here. I will say this, my birthday is Tuesday. Um, not Tuesday, what's today? My birthday's Thursday, so just keep that in mind, everybody. Yeah, just keep that in mind. No, we're going to go somewhere cool, and I'm going to vlog it, and I'm so excited for it. Next week's going to be epic, so that'll be good. I think I'll sign off. I've already been on here for 45 minutes. Again, kind of some resources to look into. The Leader's Journey by Jim Harrington has been a very helpful book for me. Uh, the uh, Family Systems and Congregational Life by, oh yeah, it's a weird name, Robert Creech has been a fantastic book uh, for me. Leader's Journey is kind of like, uh, there are a lot alike, uh, but Robert Creech is also an author in The Leader's Journey, so those things go together really well. And then another book that I would highly suggest is Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete Scazzaro. Those three books I think are really helpful, but you probably wouldn't hear those three when it comes to marriage, but I think they're really helpful. Marriage books, I would suggest Matt Chandler's book, uh, mingling of souls. That's especially good if you're somebody who is in the process of getting married or wanting to get married because it addresses a lot of like the dating, courtship, engagement period, how do you have sex, all those things. So it's really good. Uh, check out Mingling of Souls. Loveology by John Mark Comer is a good uh, way to deal with the whole issue theologically. It's been a good resource for me and for preaching on Sunday mornings to talk about the role of a man and a, and a, and a, and a wife. And then also another helpful book is Tim Keller's Meaning of Marriage. So those are six book references right there. Uh, Got to get back to work. See you Sunday, Trey. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. Uh, yes, it is the 27th. You're smart. What cameras and program do you use to edit, Josh? Uh, so the program, the camera I use, I usually have my kit on all the descriptions of my videos, but I think it won't be on here because it's just a live Q&Tray, but I use the Sony a6400 and I use Adobe Premiere Pro. And if there's something you're interested in, I just have a brand new course called valuewithvideo.com. It's 33 short videos that kind of give you a lot of different tips, different ideas for videos, different ideas on how to shoot and stuff. And it's really a lot about kind of the, the practice of videos and how to use, uh, use YouTube and all these things to communicate your message to the world. So I'm excited about it. Um, I think it'll bless a lot of people and it's also got a private Facebook community and we chat on Mondays on Zoom call. So I think it's well worth it. As speaking of that, Carlitos, you are in there. You are a part of that group. So grateful. You know, Carlitos, he is amazing because not only is he a part of valuewithvideo.com, but he's also a Patreon of mine. So shout out to you. And yeah, uh, he's in Chicago. Go Bulls. I don't really care about the Bulls, but go Michael Jordan. So he's the GOAT. That's it, guys. Again, if there's one more question, I would love to answer it. But if not, I will I will head off again to recap some books. So the Leader's Journey by Jim Harrington. Uh, Family Systems and Congregational Life, again, if you're a pastor, by Robert Creech. And then uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete Scazzaro. Everyone should read that one. Marriage books are Mingling of Souls by Matt Chandler, Loveology by John Mark Comer, and Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller. Of course, there are more out there. I get it. 
There are some books I don't like that are out there, but I, I'm not here to throw shade, okay? Although I, there's one book a lot of pastors recommend, and I was reading it this last week, and I thought, this is terrible. I can't believe people recommend this. Good. How do you deal with a couple that are not married but won't couples counseling? How do you deal with a couple that are not married but they won't do couples counseling? Oh, man. So I actually was just talking about earlier. Um, you know, as pastors, it's really helpful to remember that coercion is not a fruit of the Spirit. And so, uh, you know, you can't force them to do anything. This is America, which which stinks. But so I would suggest it by, man, whatever is celebrated is replicated. So I would try to share with them, lead them towards this. Uh, talk about how it's really helpful for you. Talk about how it's helpful for other relationships. I would even kind of pull the guy aside and really start to show him, hey, here's some things to think about. I would give him some books. I would show him some videos and be like, hey, this is really important. You know, like I believe in you. Do a positive sandwich, right? Um, you, you have all this great potential, but here's some things I'm really concerned about. But if you really work through this, that's what counseling is about. Imagine what, you're, 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 you know, what you can be. So I think premarital counseling is huge, huge, very important. I think as pastors, we need to really take that as an opportunity to really speak into people's lives. There's a million different ways to do premarital counseling, but I think it would help people emotionally, spiritually, sexually, physically. Like there's so many things you have to figure out because so much about marriage is about unmet expectations, right? And, and so you actually learn those expectations before. Um, and there's so many different things. And we're talking about this on Sunday night. But again, like uh, the importance, if they're not virgins, there's a lot to talk about. If they, if they are virgins, there's a lot to talk about. If they're not virgins, there's a, lot, there's a lot to work through. And you need that third party, that like logical point of view to bring in scripture. But at the end of the day, he's not like they're going to live their life. So I would just try to encourage and pray for them. I wish I could tell a story. We're in the middle of it right now. But the power of prayer, I've just noticed a couple that we've been pouring into. It's so cool that I've just been praying for them consistently. And it wasn't until now we're really starting to see progress. And there's nothing I've done besides praying from the sidelines. And that's been a huge thing. I really do believe that God is kind of showing me the power of prayer. So I pray for them. Uh, but I would recognize that, hey, maybe this person's not, he's not viable for leadership. Uh, you need to be careful. You know, he this person doesn't isn't willing to learn and, and expose himself then then you know he uh you know they, they're not they're not as mature as they think so that's all really good um thank you guys i think i'll be done now y'all are great i miss this community just the other day i was thinking with all the videos i'm making and everything um I just kind of miss like the community part. Like lately with the type of videos, I hasn't really demanded y'all to comment. And like the reason I do this is so that I can interact with people around the world. Uh, and I know that sounds like, oh, but there really literally is people that are not just from America that's here. And it's just like my greatest joy uh, to do that. So I hope you guys have a great weekend. At 5.30, we are signing off and I'm gonna take a uh, Sabbath. 24 hours, turn everything off, notifications off, and just enjoy my family. I'm looking forward to that. This weekend's a big weekend as we look at marriage workshop session number two on communication and care. But Sunday morning, we're talking about husbands. And there's two words that are really important for every husband. And I think it's really funny because last week we talked about how there's four words uh, for women to go forwards. And uh, that's too long of a list for men. So we got two words for Sunday morning and I'm praying that our people show up and uh, kind of with big expectation. I think it'll be good. I appreciate you guys. Man, we are close to an hour. This is fun. I'm pumped because I have my wireless mic. I don't need that over there. That's just a quick nerd moment. You guys have great marriages. If you don't have, if you're not married, enjoy your single life. God has blessed you with. Enjoy whatever season you're in. God is good. And he's designed us to live in community and to live in joy. But so much of that requires repentance and humility. And marriage is such a sanctifying thing to do that. So love y'all. I will see you soon. Be looking for my Tuesday upload. And Thursday is my birthday. I'm just saying, if you want to join Value with Video or join my Patreon community, I don't know. It's my birthday. You know, if you just want to do that, I think that would be pretty awesome. <laughs>